Welcome into the Diamond Vols podcast live from Lindsey Nelson Stadium, where Tennessee is coming off a 12 to 4 win over Notre Dame to save its season and force at least one more game. Well, it'll force definitely one more game with Notre Dame, and then it could potentially lead to some more games in the College World Series. Omaha will be on the line tomorrow when Tennessee and Notre Dame link up in the series finale. I'm in a much better mood than I was last night. Eric, are you in a much better mood too? Yeah, yeah it was a good day, man. Uh, I just came down to it. Tennessee responded in such a great way, and I know we're going to get into it, but I mean, w- what a heck of a response. Down your down your pitching coach, down your heart and soul, your cleanup hitter, your center fielder, um, get a pitching uh, performance for you know, one of the best of the season, Chase Dolan during the bats come through huge. So yeah, that was a that was a fun, fun game to watch all, all afternoon long. Yeah, Chase Dolander is the hero. The offense will get all the headlines and all the glory and the highlights, sports center, top 10 plays, already tweeting it out, uh, what the offense was able to do in the fifth inning. And we will talk about the offense. They had a great day, but Chase Dolander is the guy. That saved Tennessee season. He throws 112 pitches to to not only help Tennessee out in today's game, obviously, but it also will help them when looking at game three because Tennessee didn't have to use the bullpen today aside from Mark McLaughlin. And no offense to Mark McLaughlin, but he's not one of the top tier bullpen arms that Tennessee has. So uh, it was a rest day essentially for the bullpen because Dolander throws 112 pitches, 77 of those pitches were strikes. He throws seven innings, only two runs allowed on five hits. He did not walk a single batter, which anybody who listens to this knows how much I love when a pitcher does not walk anybody, and he struck out five point blank, period. Chase Dolander, the SEC pitcher of the year, showed up and saved Tennessee season. 77 strikes on 112 pitches allowed one extra base hit all afternoon. He was fantastic, and this is why I love having Chase Dolander in uh, that that second spot uh, in the rotation, if you will. That's where he was all season long. But I mean, heading into you know tournament action and, and do or dies, you know, if you have a if you have a one zero lead, you put your ace out there and, and you go get it. You know, clinch that thing. If you're down zero one, like Tennessee was today, and your season's on the line, I mean, you know, Chase Burns is great. Drew Beam's been great this year. Blade Tidwell uh, going to be a first rounder. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm rolling with Chase Dolander, man. And, and that's what I was saying on the radio this morning. It's just, I mean, it's hard not to feel confident about Tennessee. And I understand that he got roughed up a little bit last week. It's baseball, right? It's hard not to be confident when you have Chase Dolander out there. And he was just fan-freaking-tastic today, man. Um, he was he was awesome. And and the bats came to his rescue as well. Um, you know, got, got him an early lead. Uh, you know, got him an early lead. And he was able to, you know, put some zeros on the board for – for quite a while, and then Tennessee got him a lot of runs of insurance there in the fifth inning. But uh, I, you know, can't say enough, and I know that uh, you know you probably couldn't say enough either about Chase Dolan's performance. And, and you're right; I mean, saving the bullpen because you think about it tomorrow, and I know we'll probably hit on this, but you've got Burns available, Beam available, Sewell pitched 21 pitches on Friday nights. I would imagine that he's going to be available. Kirby's ready to roll. Walsh is ready. I mean, you you've got the arsenal that you can throw out on tomorrow, and somebody will be dogpiling. And uh, if it's if it's Tennessee tomorrow or not, it's because a big reason why is the performance of Chase Dolander the day before. Absolutely. That is why you pitch him in game two, like we have talked about for several weeks. Like you just mentioned, whether Tennessee was up 1-0, they want Dolander doing what he did today to send Tennessee to Omaha, or 
in the unfortunate situation in which your season is on the line, you want your best pitcher pitching. And, and that that's why he's been set up to pitch in game two, and it certainly paid off. He said after the game that just all of his pitches were working, even his curveball, which is his fourth pitch. Fastball is his best pitch, and then the slider, his second best pitch, and, and then the changeup, his third. And then the curveball is not a bad pitch. He just doesn't throw it consistently as well as the slider changeup and fastball. And he said that it was working for him today more so than it typically is. And that was a big difference for maker. And, and look, he was like chase Picasso out there. I mean, he was painting yeah. the black. He was painting the corners of the plate with that fastball in, in the upper nineties. And, and he was just terrific. Absolutely terrific. Can't speak enough about him. And people are going to forget that, Okay, yeah, Tennessee won by eight. They were up by 10 for a good chunk of the later innings until Notre Dame scored too late off of Mark McLaughlin in the eighth inning. But that was a pitcher's duel for the first four innings. Tennessee did strike first, and, and I thought it was key, Eric, that Tennessee was able to, to score first and just kind of relieve the pressure after what had happened the night before. Seth Stevenson leads off the game with a single up the middle, and then Trey Lipscomb with two outs after – Jordan Beck had flown out to center and Jarrell Ortega had struck out with two outs. Trey Lipscomb hits one practically up the middle. That was to the left of the second base bag. And it was just enough left to, to get past the shortstop and also split the outfielders. And because it was two outs, Seth Stevenson running on contact and his speed, he's able to score. I thought that was huge for Tennessee to, to not play with the pressure of having to win this game. Yes, it was certainly still a close game, but I thought that certainly helped. And again, it was a pitcher's duel for the first four innings until Tennessee broke out in the fifth and Chase Dolander was just throwing up zero after zero after zero on the scoreboard. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, especially last night after Notre Dame just, just pounced on you, right? I mean, home run, home run, home run, home run, top four innings. And um, I think for Tennessee to, Take a deep breath. Okay, you know you don't have your cleanup hitter. You know Drew Gilbert's on this lineup today. Jumping out in the top of the first inning as Tennessee was the away team, um, I thought it was huge. I thought I thought um, that was magnificent for the Volunteers to get that early run and knowing that it's a long game uh, ahead and, and likely you you will need more runs than that to win the to win the baseball game. And obviously it did because uh, of some of those later runs. But um, I thought that was huge. They were able to relax a little bit knowing that they had that one run lead. And then as you mentioned, it was. Um, you know, zeros span the scoreboard for innings two, three, four, and then the top of the fifth, they got a little hairy and you know what Tennessee was able to do and, and what Dolan was able to do countering, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the best pitchers in the ACC, their ace who, um, as you mentioned, I guess it was a couple of days ago, maybe it was on the preview pod when he started game one of the regional rain delay was able to come back and pitch game three. That's why he was pitching game two in the supers, but for Dolan to go toe to toe with him and give you that incredible effort. Uh, I thought it was uh, that was just awesome. It was it was a strenuous game there for the first you know couple innings. Then the fifth inning happened. Yeah, and I thought you could tell that he had thrown a hundred and five pitches. I think it was this past Sunday night. Uh, John Michael Bertrand, the the Notre Dame pitcher. I thought you could tell that he was kind of not in the routine that he had become accustomed to. And, and that's not his fault. Weather got in the way this past weekend, forced him to throw Sunday. Then he throws a bunch of pitches. And then a guy who typically starts on Friday night has to get pushed back to Saturday. Uh, and it's against one of the best offenses in the country. And, and I thought you could tell pretty early and often. And I also thought it was interesting looking at the stats. The, the strikeout to walk numbers were good. 
I, I believe it was 13 walks to a uh, 103 strikeouts. Uh, the opponent batting average was pretty good as well, 226. But in 99 innings, he had given up 85 hits. I thought that was very interesting. And uh, there were early signs of Tennessee being able to have success against him. In the first inning, Seth Stevenson leading off the game with a single. Trey Lipscomb coming through with the RBI double to get Tennessee on the board first. Jared Dickey leads off the second inning with a single up the middle. There were early signs of Tennessee being able to get to this guy, and I thought the fatigue of the week that he had kind of had to deal with finally caught up to him in that fifth inning when Tennessee exploded for eight runs. And when it was all said and done, Bertrand, who is one of the best pitchers in the country, 4.2 innings, his second shortest outing of the season, eight hits allowed, which was the third most he's given up this year, six earned runs allowed, which was a season high, and three home runs allowed, and they were all in that fifth inning. Uh, Luke Lipsius leads it off with the solo home run off the batter's eye. Jordan Beck hit a three-run homer, and then Evan Russell also had a solo homer. All three of those home runs were in the same inning and were a season high allowed for him in the game. And not only was it a season high, he came into the game allowing just four home runs on the season, uh, if I remember correctly when I looked it up. And Tennessee gets three in the same inning. It's that a very – The difference in the game. It's a very Blade Tidwell stat from last night, is yep. it not? I mean, it really is. And just uncharacteristic like of – uh, Betran, but again, you're you're facing the, the best offense uh, in the country, and so you you knew that they were going to be up for it. You could you were going to keep them quiet forever. And did we expect Tennessee to to put forth eight in one inning? Absolutely not. But still, um, it was just kind of only a matter of time before they broke you know through with with a little bit more. So, um, you know, I I was I I see what you're saying a little bit. Uh, again, baseball players they don't like to break habits. Um, it is what it is. Sometimes you have to. Uh, but getting him out of his routine, getting him out of his his sink, you know, might, might have played a little bit into it. But I just credit Tennessee's offense for the response. Uh, again, getting on the scoreboard early in, in inning one, but then coming through in such a way in inning five and, um, you know, blowing this one wide open, leaving absolutely no doubts and, you know, having just having fun in the process. It's fun when you're winning. Of course, it's fun when you're winning by 10 plus runs. I get that. But you know, going back to the first inning, too, I know we're in inning five here talking about that eight run spot. But how big is Trey Lipscomb been? In, in supers and and in in regionals, he's had obviously an amazing season. But man, he is he has been huge for Tennessee these last couple of games. He was had a great game last night. Of course, Tennessee lost, but um, getting you know him driving in that first run of the game was huge, and I think really set the table for eventually uh, for those guys to to go yik yak in the fifth and three home runs in one inning when you get up only four all season long. That is quite the stat line there and Notre Dame had a lot of players had a, had a couple of football players um, I saw on the television broadcast that uh, the brother of uh, Betran is a, a linebacker for Notre Dame and he and a couple of football guys were in-house at Lindsay Nelson Stadium so um, you know you hate that they came down to see that but nonetheless it was good for the home crowd who was obviously a little rowdy today yeah I don't know that I actually hate that they had to come down and and, and see that but I, I do pick up with what you're saying it does suck for them but that fifth inning man Yes, I do think that Bertrand was a little bit out of sorts because of his funky week, but don't get it twisted. Tennessee was putting really, really good at-bats together. As I mentioned, Luke Lipsius leads off the inning with a home run off the lefty, uh, a solo shot. Uh, Cortland Lawson then pisses on a ball that deflects off the glove of the shortstop and ricochets into the outfield for a double. Seth Stevenson then lays down a beautiful bunt for, for a hit. You have runners on the corners. Jordan Beck crushes his. Three-run home run. Uh, two batters later, Evan Russell, he hits his home run. 
And then even after the Russell home run that even chased Bertrand from the game, Jared Dickey walks yet again. Christian Moore singles through the left side. And then Luke Lipsius hits his second home run of the inning, uh, the first fall to do so since 2006 to hit two home runs in one inning. And it was just blouses from there. But that, that inning was pretty unique. Not only did you have a guy hit two home runs in the same inning for the first time since 2006, but Luke's home run to lead off the inning, it tied Evan Russell and Todd Helton for the most career home runs in the program's history. Uh, that was home run number 38 uh, to, to tie the record. And then later in the inning, to chase Bertrand from the game, Evan Russell hits the home run to, to break the record, home run number 39, and he only got to be the home run king for two batters because <laughs> Luke Lipsius then comes up and hits a three-run home run to freaking tie Evan Russell for the most all-time in program history. That you was know they're having so much inning. fun with that. They're having so yes. much fun with that in the line. And, of course, I mean, you know, bragging rights when it's all said and done 10 years down the line and all that or, you know, when all this is, uh, you know, all said and done. But, um, gosh, I couldn't imagine just, you know, going back and forth. Two guys who have been here for a decade just having fun, hitting bombs. And, and the way that worked out was just priceless in the fifth inning. Yeah, and Luke said that he thought it was pretty unique that at the end of the day – two old guys are sitting in front of Todd Helton at the top yeah. of the list. Uh, so he definitely got a kick out of that. And, and, and that was pretty much the game. Chase Dolander shoving on the mound, saving the bullpen, and then also Tennessee getting to Bertrand there at the fifth inning, the, the home run records, uh, Luke hitting two in the same inning, one off of a lefty. Uh, there were some other runs scored after that. Notre Dame went on to score four runs in the game, but it was all pretty meaningless when they did score. Tennessee scored three in the top of the seventh. Cortland Lawson scored uh, Christian Scott on a sack fly. Seth Stevenson scored on a, or no, Luke Lipsius scored on a error by the Notre Dame third baseman. And then Jarrell Ortega had an RBI double when the Notre Dame left fielder just simply fell down and couldn't catch the ball. That, that pretty much summed up Notre Dame's afternoon. So looking ahead to tomorrow, who are you going to throw on the mound? That's the big question. I, I don't think Tony Vitello really knows. Uh, maybe he's just good at misguiding us. Um, as Patrick Brown departs, and I'm not afraid to, to say it on the podcast that I'm going to miss Patrick as he departs because now we have to deal with Wes Rucker on Sunday. P hey, 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 P finale. PB made an appearance. Wow, yeah, that's, that's was, big time. PB was filling in for Wes while Wes was at a wedding game one and game two. And wow. unfortunately, Wes has to come back and <laughs> uh, regain his spot in the press hey, box. Tell, tell PB I'll look forward to seeing him over there tomorrow. So it's always good to see old Patrick. Um, I was talking to my buddy during the game, uh, later innings, and we were talking, obviously, about this. You've got so many guys available, and this is so tough. Um, I don't want – and I say this with all the respect, but, I mean, at, 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 at the end of the day, I mean, you, you, Omaha's on the line, right? I don't want Drew Beam coming out of the bullpen. I don't. So, in my opinion, you either start him or he's not pitching tomorrow. Well, um, I'll take it a step further and say that – if I were making the pitching plans, he would not be in my pitching plans. This is this is this is how I'd go. Okay, and this is with the assumption, Ben, that Sewell is is okay to to throw out of the pen. I would assume, right? Yes, he is. Um, okay, uh, he, he only threw he, twenty pitches last yeah, night. Threw, he, threw twenty one the other night. Um, I would go Burns, Kirby, Sewell, Wash. Those are the four man tag team. Get it done. It may maybe not in that specific, you know, uh, you know, back to back to back sequence. You know, however you want to spin it, I would probably start Burns, but that is. That is the route I would go. I'm starting Camden Sewell. This is SEC Tournament Championship game all over again. 
I'm starting Camden Sewell and letting him go until he can no longer go. And then Chase I, Burns is the first guy out of the bullpen, depending on the situation. Yeah. If I need to get out of a jam, I probably go to Kirby, honestly, to get out of a jam if, if a jam is needed to get out of. But assume that Camden goes five, six innings, and you can start with a clean inning, then I'm bringing in Chase Burns. But I'm rolling with Camden Sewell. I, I trust Camden Sewell more than I trust Chase Burns or Drew Bean. It's as simple as that. Yeah, the reason I said start Chase is because, uh, again, and again, it, it was 21 pitches, so it was not a lot of pitches. I recognize that. But he does – he has gotten working already, so I don't know how they would feel about if they just want to keep him out of the bullpen or if it matters if they put him in a starting situation whatsoever – I would imagine that since he's through some um, already that, you know, even if you have quick, swift innings, he's likely not going five or six innings. But I, I could be completely wrong. I don't know. I mean, I'm all for Cannon Sewell starting. I only said it the way I said it because I know he's already come out and he's thrown a little bit this weekend. But regardless, I'm with you. I'm, I'm not. If, I, if if Beam is to pitch tomorrow, he's your starter, in my opinion. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You got to get to Omaha right now. And uh, you are not in this position 100% you are nowhere close to this position without Drew Beam this year. But you need one more to get there. So uh, you got you to go with those four, in my opinion. Correct. And look, we've spoken about the, the Drew Beam situation at nauseum. If if you haven't heard and and you still think we're picking on him, which nobody said that, that we are picking on him, but uh, for anybody questioning us or thinking we're being dramatic, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I, he just his yeah. command has not been the same, and and it hasn't been a one or two or three outing thing. It's been the last month and a half, and, and with Omaha on, on the line, I, I just don't know how he could be at the, the top of the priority list when it comes to to being in the pitching plans. He would not be in my pitching plans unless something goes wrong early. If if you start Camden, you start Chase, and, and one of those two guys can't get out of the first or second inning, maybe. You, you go to Beam, but I, I would just go to the opposite of the guy that you started. If you started Sewell, go to Burns. If you started Burns, yep. go to Sewell. And, and then again, Sewell didn't pitch at all last weekend, only through 20 pitches on, on Friday. He's going to be fresh, especially with a day off in between. Mm -hmm. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we hear another storyline of like we heard in the SEC tournament of where Sewell texted Tony and said, give me the ball. I, I would not be surprised whatsoever, but it, it's just Burns hasn't pitched. Sewell is fresh. Will Mabry can come back and throw. Redman hasn't pitched. Kirby hasn't pitched. Beam hasn't pitched. You, you have plenty of options. The, the only one who is not available, who is a regular, um, because Wyatt Evans technically uh, available, but I, I, don't, I don't think we're seeing Wyatt yeah, Evans Joyce, un, Joyce unless throwing. it's a blowout, a blowout. But, yes, that's what I was about to say. Joyce isn't throwing. He threw 60 pitches, and, and he was really, really good. Uh, he, he helped Tennessee eat a lot of innings, like – that, that mm -hmm. will be an – if Tennessee can win tomorrow because of the bullpen being as fresh as it is, that will be an underrated storyline of Ben Joyce being able to pitch as long as he did on Friday night, throwing 60 pitches. I think it was 3.1 innings, eating up those innings so you didn't have to burn another guy. And he looked good doing it too. I'm putting you on the spot here, and I do apologize, but remind me, Sewell, Texas Tony, give me the ball. He started Sunday. I think he pitched five innings. It looked awesome. Did he pitch that Friday against LSU? I don't remember. Or maybe maybe it was Thursday against Vanderbilt. He pitched already in Hoover. I just I'm just trying to think. You know, maybe I'll go look it up after this. Maybe I should have looked it up before this. But uh, I'm trying to look at the the parallels from that weekend in Hoover uh, to where you are now because um, 
you know, if he pitched more than 20 pitches on that Friday night, it's the same situation, then hell, start him. Um, I mean, for sure. So regardless, you're in a good spot. You are in a really good spot because tip your cap, again, to Joyce, like we mentioned, to obviously Dolander today, and to Mark McLaughlin because – go ahead. Well, he pitched Vanderbilt in the opener on Thursday night. Okay, so Thursday. 1.1 innings in okay. Hoover. So. 17 pitches. Regardless, I think he's going to be ready to roll. So yes, um, and and I would start him. He's the guy that I trust the most of the guys who are left. I, it's yeah. as simple as that for me, and I, I think that that's the route that Tony would go. I mm-hmm. I, I, re, I really do. So we'll see how Even it plays out. And if you can only, ahead. I mean, I mean, hell, if you can only get four innings out of him, ride him for yeah, four innings. A win because yeah, then ride him for got, four innings, and then have Burns come in after him or whatever. Yeah, correct, correct. You you have four innings is perfect. Four, five, six, it doesn't matter. Three, I mean. Which he should be if he only goes three, that means he's struggling. But he there, there's yeah. no reason he shouldn't be able to go four, five, six. And again, this Notre Dame lineup isn't the most dynamic lineup on the planet. I, I think today and what you saw, yes, I know Chase was great, but I think today was more realistic of what Notre Dame is than Friday night when they just went bombs over Baghdad. Like I, I think today was more of what Notre Dame is offensively and Camden Sewell should be able to shut them down for the most part. So I, I'm, I'm rolling with Sewell and then piecing it together after that. And I, I said it before the series, I said it again last night, if Chase Dolander is Chase Dolander, Tennessee will win and be fine to me. As long as the pitching does not implode like it did early on Friday night, Tennessee's going to be headed to Omaha. I agree. I agree. I mean, you are, you're in such a good spot heading into game three. I mean, you really are. And now you still got to go out and win that thing. You do. And Notre Dame is obviously no slouch. Friday night taught us that, right? Um, go out and win it. Um, I, I think that it's you're exactly right. The pitching just – if the pitching just doesn't have some type of just meltdown, this offense is swinging it well, you're getting back into the bat in that lineup, go get it. Someone's going to be dogpiling. Let it be you. Yes. And, look, Notre Dame has the arms to win tomorrow. They're good arms, but they're not arms that should dominate Tennessee either. Mm-hmm. That they, they they are in a good spot from their bullpen as well because they had a guy eat up innings for them today as well, like Joyce did for Tennessee. That they are in a good spot. They have guys that they trust. It is it is better than what Georgia Tech and Campbell had after their best pitchers in terms of their starters, but it's it's still not pitching that should shut down Tennessee quite frankly. So I'm working under the assumption that the offense isn't going to get shut out. And again, as long as the the, the pitching for Tennessee doesn't implode tomorrow, Tennessee's headed to Omaha, especially since it's a home game. I I really think it's that simple. So we shall see. This has been another edition of the Diamond Vols podcast. Tomorrow, first pitch, 106 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. It's going to be a hot one in the mid-90s. I'm going to be sweating my butt off up here in the Lindsey Nelson Stadium press box, but it'll all be worth it if if we can go back to Omaha. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. Eric and I will be back with you around this time tomorrow evening to, to recap, hopefully, a, a Tennessee series win. So in the meantime, he is Eric Kane. I am Ben McKee. Hope you all have a great Saturday night.